Welcome back to another episode of the EdTech Well Done Podcast. This is your host, Jake Russell. We're coming to you again live from TCEA here in Austin, Texas. We've got Edgewood ISD with us, and and this is going to be a really interesting episode for anyone looking to push the boundaries on what it means to incorporate technology into the classroom, uh, specifically when it comes to getting rid of paper. We've thought a lot about how students are so uh, intrinsically linked to paper for the last couple of decades, so closely linked to printers, but uh, at Edgewood, they're taking a little bit of a different perspective on that, and it's really working for them. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So, Frank, just give us the uh, quick rundown on why y'all are here, what y'all presented on, and, and kind of, you know, what the what the overall concept was. Okay, okay so I'm going to go ahead and take that question. Uh, this is Ron. Um, it, it all started probably about eight or nine years ago. Uh, we had a, an executive director who decided that probably the best way of serving our district would be to put uh, laser printers in every classroom. So we had about 846 classrooms, and we had 846 laser printers, one in every uh, classroom. Uh, This also included uh, a laser color printer every sixth room. So as you can imagine, we had quite a few printers in our district, and the cost associated that became astronomical, not just with the paper cost, but with the toner cost, the repair cost, and then all the other costs associated with owning a laser printer. So over time, uh, our district, uh, we got a new director in, and that new director did a, a, you know, a, a needs assessment and decided that the, the printers were just too expensive to maintain. So over time, they decided that we would stop supporting the printers. So as uh, printers stopped working, they were removed from the classrooms. As people ran out of toner, they were removed from the classroom. And eventually now, eight years later, uh, what was left was uh, approximately two to three uh, Konica Minolta copiers in every uh, school. And so everybody is networked to those copiers, and uh, you have to badge in in order to get your uh, copies. But uh, it, it's turned into a pretty good situation for us. We can definitely uh, monitor the usage, find out who's using more, who's using less. But then we also started the migration towards the cloud environment where uh, instead of using copiers for everything, we wanted to go paperless. And that's where Mike and Frank comes in for the rest of the story. Okay, Mike, where do you come in on this? Uh, Well, um, so I came in about at the same time Office 365 came in about three years ago. I've been working with district maybe three and a half, four. Um, But when we started with Office 365, we really tried to get buy-in from the teachers, and we went directly to who we wanted to use it. And I think when, whenever you're pushing out a new software, you're pushing out a new kind of idea of how to, how to use things, if you don't get that top-down buy-in, um, you, you, you really don't get great traction. You're going to get your, your teachers that want to um, innovate, the ones that, want, that are comfortable with technology, you're going to get those. But the rest of them are going to kind of get... Uh, frustrated or fall behind so we found uh, that if we uh, implement Office 365 and then even OneNote we I actually started OneNote using OneNote classroom notebook um, with uh, one of the coaching coordinators and she um, added all of her teachers to her OneNote notebook and then that's how she shared materials out with her teachers and then once her teachers found out that hey this is useful for 
for me as kind of a student of the coaching coordinator, um, then they figured out, hey, I could probably use this with my students as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, so since then, uh, Microsoft has put out a lot of different options as far as uh, going paperless. Uh, one of them being Teams, uh, which actually also houses a component of OneNote. Uh, but Frank here is actually using Teams within uh, his classroom right now. So maybe, Frank, you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. well, um, so I'm one of those teachers that when we first, when I first started, I had a printer in my classroom and it was, it was awesome to have that printer in my classroom because it was easily accessible. If I needed something, I can print it right away. Um, eventually, that, that printer ended up getting removed from my, from my classroom, or that printer ended up getting removed from my classroom. And so I was getting stuck having to wait in one of those network printers out in the, uh, in, in the campus. And so I was having to wait, you know, several days just to get my copies done. Uh, I have to find, I was finding myself waiting after school uh, at times, maybe coming in in the weekend just to get my copies. And so when Mike introduced the uh, Office 365 to us and, and we realized that we had Classroom available last year, which is now Teams, um, you know, I, I thought that was a great way to start implementing um, ways for our students to get their assignments turned in uh, and get the assignments to them without having to print any copies. And so uh, this year was the first year that I've implemented that in my classroom and it's worked out amazingly. Um, but just like there's pros, there's cons. I think right now the con that, we're, that I am seeing in the classroom as a teacher is that um, students are having a hard time being able to either upload or download certain things uh, due to the uh, accessibility that they have um, or the rights that they have to use on their computers and so that's kind of you know where we're at right now with it but uh, I think talking with you know the district personnel talking with Mike and with Ron I think those are the things that you know they need to be able to know so that we can be able to you know move forward with uh, trying to figure out how we can accomplish those issues yeah and and, and that goes to uh, working with your your technology department on district policy on how exactly um, your student logins are gonna behave once the students are in the Windows environment, if they're gonna be able to save to the desktop, if they're gonna be able to save to anywhere on the computer. Um, and making sure that those policies are preset and that they're gonna meet the expectations of the teacher. And that they're gonna, the students are gonna have everything that they need available to them on that computer to help make them be successful. Um, so there's, there's really an interesting storyline here if, if we want to zoom out because basically y'all were on the opposite end of paperless. There were printers everywhere. Expenses were very, very high, both with the capital outlay to buy 900 printers, but also the ink and paper and time and network capacity that all these printers are taking up. And so a new administration comes in, does a needs assessment, takes a look at where we're spending money, and we go, okay, we're, we're probably too far swung on the pendulum, you know, towards the paper side. And now we're swinging back over to the other side here, and, and we're pushing an almost completely paperless environment. And, Frank, you mentioned uh, some of the, the issues that you've seen in terms of, you know, how does this work best between the safety of the network and the needs of the teacher. But from a teacher perspective, what other advantages have you seen uh, in terms of your, your workload or your ability to coordinate with students or what, what has it meant for your day-to-day -day activity? Well, obviously my workload has decreased. Uh, it's diminished. I don't have to worry about, you know, grading hundreds of papers and taking them home. I mean, obviously now the work that, they get, that gets submitted gets submitted through Teams. And so, you know, I can real quickly just take a glance at what's turned in and I can go and see, you know, 
what students are turning their work in and I can grade them from there without having to just get a blank sheet of paper anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, now students' perspective, they, they love, I'm getting more work turned in now because it's easier for them to get it done. It's easier for them to turn it in. Uh, homework's not getting left at home anymore because they're not taking that paper home. Sure. Um, it's it's on their computer. So. There aren't any more dogs eating homework. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, I'm getting I'm getting a lot more work turned in. Interesting. Students are getting their work done. Uh, you know, the workload on me again, like I mentioned, you know, it's 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 less work for me now. Uh, okay. Not that that's a bad thing, but. Yeah, but it, but it frees you up to do other things in the classroom besides just grade papers. So, you know, we know from a teacher perspective that when work is taken off of one area, that frees you up to do the work that matters, and that's getting into students' lives right. and, and things like that. So when we talk about less work, we're really just talking about less work that doesn't impact the student directly, exactly. such as logging grades in a paper grade book or, exactly, yeah. you know, organizing 500 papers over the weekend. So that's what's really being freed up here. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, and also the fact that, you know, students get that instant feedback when, when, when we're, you know, giving them, an giving them a grade or, mm -hmm. or, you know, just commenting on their assignment that they've done. They get that instant feedback where, you know, your paper might be stored away somewhere else yeah. or they just never get it back. Sure. So let sure. me add this also, uh, because I don't think we actually said it. Uh, we're an Office 365 district. So everything that we do is through the uh, Office 365 environment. All of our students have accounts created by our technology department at the beginning of the school year. And so uh, it does create a lot of work up front to get that established. But once it's in place, then it's a lot easier for the teachers because they know that every single student has an account. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that as far as, so we've kind of heard from the teacher perspective, from the administration or maybe the technology team perspective, what are the benefits you see? What, what are the, uh, the things that have kind of improved your life as part of this? Well, on my end, uh, I actually help maintain uh, the database that keeps up with this information. So we found that uh, there's been situations where the students are, is not as honest as they could be uh, on their account information. So we established uh, an area on the data, uh, on our server actually, so that all teachers can log in and see exactly the status of the student, whether they have their AUP submitted, what date they submitted that AUP, whether their FERPA information is in place, what they're allowed to do with FERPA as far as uh, their uh, likeness appearing on the web or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And then also, we have an area at the end of the spreadsheet that tells people exactly uh, what the student's username and password would be if they were to log into our system. So it's freed up a lot of time uh, for me because I used to get a lot of tech calls, people calling in, uh, I've got four students in this class that doesn't know, that they, they don't know their username or their password, or I've got another student that doesn't have an account, and now teachers can verify on the fly by themselves without any assistance from anyone else to just jump right into that uh, database, look for themselves and see where they are and find out whether the student has their information or not. Once they see the information's there, they're able to get that student logged in. If they find out that the student really doesn't have that information, then they start the process to get that paperwork sent home and get the parent to uh, complete their submission so mm -hmm. that the student can log in. So this brings up an interesting point. This is more than just going paperless teacher to student. This is going paperless 
teacher to administration, teacher to tech. This is allowing a lot more transparency in the data that the school is keeping and an easier accessibility. We're no longer going to the counselor's office and having to pull a file Correct. to discover what forms a particular student has filled out. That's so correct. I think that that's something that has risen the eyebrows of a lot of our listeners right now going, okay, I like that concept, but how quickly can I implement it? I mean, we're, we're paper heavy right now. Um, I love that y'all have done this, but is this something that I can start implementing in six months, in a year? What does the rollout of something like this look like in terms of timetable? Yeah, um, by the time that I got there, the technology I used to actually work inside the technology department, um, but it took them a good while to just kind of get uh, the account creation process set up. I mean, but once you're through that, um, it's as fast as, hey, whenever you start creating groups uh, in Teams or whenever you start using your OneDrive um, to share documents across uh, uh, a person. Um, and it's that fast. In fact, one of our, um, I guess, is he assistant superintendent, Philip Chavez? Yes. One of our assistant superintendents um, runs his meetings entirely through Teams. So... Once you get that kind of buy-in and you have an uh, a administrator that high up saying, hey, we're going to use this to run all my meetings. So if you need to see the agenda, here it is. If you need to add something to the agenda, you know, go in. Um, if you need to submit any paperwork, this is how you're going to submit it, through the online portal. Mm-hmm. You're not going to pass the paper to him. Yeah. So that, that kind of, uh, it, it just takes somebody wanting to get started. And I think... Once you get started, you can't help but, oh, we need another group for this, or we need another team for this, or we need, um, you know, another area to, to uh, collaborate on these documents. Mm-hmm. You know, how can, I get, how can I get all of these documents that are on my um, secretary's computer into an area where not only that she can edit them, but I can see them and my teachers can see them if they need to. So really, once you figure out that, hey, this is going to help my entire campus. Hey, this is going to help my entire district. You get into a place where you're real quick going to start going paperless. Okay, so it sounds like from a tech perspective or a tech team, there's quite a bit of work up front getting everybody's account set up, making sure that all the systems are there, which is pretty typical of any major rollout. But then it comes down to buy-in, which is typically a result of training. Um, So if we could, let's talk about the training that went into this. How do you begin teaching the teachers or teaching the administrators the the capacity and the, the power that a system like this has? So uh, our team has been invited to the coaches meetings where uh, there's professional development going on there. So we get to spend a a couple of hours with uh, all the district coaches, showing them how to use Microsoft Teams, uh, OneDrive, and the other uh, apps that are within uh, Office 365. We've also offered uh, professional development uh, during the day for the teachers. Uh, We do another thing called uh, uh, Lunch and Learn where uh, we go out to the uh, schools and we'll actually work with the teachers during their breaks or during their lunchtime. Uh, And uh, sometimes, occasionally, we'll even provide the lunch uh, in the process, but uh, that doesn't always happen. Uh, Then we also uh, do webinars. We have our weekly Wednesday webinar in our district uh, where we instruct teachers on how to do different things or to extend the lesson one step further. And we offer professional development uh, in the evenings and on weekends. So I think we we try to uh, offer professional development to everyone 
wherever they are with whatever they need. Uh, it's just going to be up to the teacher to attend. And, and on top of that, we also offer um, classroom help. So if, if a teacher asks, if a teacher asks, hey, I, need, I want you to come into my classroom and show me you know, what this OneNote thing is about. I'm like, sure, yes, great, let's do it. Michael, do um, a lesson for you right yeah, there. Yeah, we'll go in there, we'll get a lesson done. Um, we'll sign your students into OneNote for the first time if they've never done it. Um, we're kind of a mixed bag district, so we have uh, Windows PCs and we have iPads. Um, so some things work better on um, Windows PC or you have to try a little bit harder to get them to work on iPad. Mm -hmm. So I'll show them those kind of little tips and tidbits. Um, so anytime somebody asks me to jump in a classroom, I'm all for it. And, and we're, we're, all of us really, all of our uh, instruction and instructional technology team um, are ready to go as far as uh, helping in the classroom. So I think that's really the secret here, or at least what it sounds like, is y'all are just super flexible and determined and consistent in offering training wherever the teachers need it. Y'all don't just have one day a month that everybody has to show up at after class, after school's over. Y'all are doing it online. You're going right where they are. You're willing to get into the classroom. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of buy-in from you, but also the willingness to put in the work to get there and so that the training is easily accessible. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything that you found that you just cannot go paperless on from a teacher perspective or from a district perspective, from a file storage perspective? Is there anything that we found so far that you said, okay, well, you, you still have to have printers for this or do you have printers because some teachers still prefer them? Uh, the last thing that we did in our district was the um, cyber safety and on the cyber safety training for all students, we have to have a signature from the teacher that said, okay, all these students receive cyber training on this specific date. So that's something, that's an example of something that required it to be in a paper form, but I'll tell you immediately what we did was we scanned them all up to the cloud, and so we're, we're basically storing them in OneDrive, uh, the electronic version of those signature sheets. So the teachers get to hold on to those signature sheets, and then we hold on to the electronic version. So, gotcha. So uh, some modifications are still right. being made on paper, but the Correct. actual storage of it is no longer in the paper form. Correct. Okay. All right. Well, super interesting. Uh, what do you got, Frank? I was going to speak on a teacher's perspective as yep. far as, you know, things that we cannot go paperless on. And I think this would actually take it to another level, but substitutes right now, we've got to print out sub work for them. And, you know, ah. when, when a substitute is there, you know, can we really rely on our students to be able to use your computers wisely while we have a substitute there? So we might have to print out paperwork for the students to do when there's a sub uh, in our classroom. Uh, you know, but that's really the only thing. But I mean, like I said, taking it to a whole nother level, if our substitutes were, you know, maybe trained to be able to get into OneNote or to get into Teams and be able to use that, because um, they've already have access into the computers, they've got a login, mm -hmm. a username and a password. So, right. you know, if they were to be able to do things like that and understand that, I think that that would definitely, uh, you know, alleviate that part where we wouldn't maybe not have to use any more paper for that. And, and that, that would definitely be an interesting concept to, to look into and to work with because essentially what you're doing is you're no longer, so my, my wife, she's a teacher. She's a kindergarten teacher and, you know, kindergarten kids, they, they get sick and they get teacher sick, so she gets sick a lot. <laughs> and a lot of times she goes into work sick. And I say, why are you going to work? You're sick, don't go. Well, I gotta go in and get stuff ready. I'll go half day, and if I can get half day, you know, then I can get the work to my sub, and then they can take it from there. 
But in this instance, if we were to, to implement something like a, a substitute account um, for, um, um, for Office 365, then the teacher would get sick like my wife would. She would they would um, share a folder mm-hmm. with that sub that they know is going to be in their classroom, and then that's it. And then they don't have to go into the, in, into, into the class and potentially get kids sick or get somebody get some other coworkers sick. Um, but that is an interesting concept to think about and to maybe uh, mull over. So it's, it's interesting because what I've heard is, is this is not just benefiting the student. This is not just benefiting the tech team. This is a direct benefit to everybody at play. This is a benefit to the teachers. Yes. This could be a benefit to substitutes. This is a benefit to the front office who's keeping up with all the paperwork. Definitely. So for a school that is considering how can I decrease the unnecessary workload of record keeping and processing paperwork, one note and kind of what y'all are doing at Edgewood is definitely something you need to keep in mind. Yes. Okay, awesome. So right here at the end, we've got a little bit of a fun lightning round. Um, do you have a favorite podcast, a favorite website, a favorite book that you go to for inspiration or information on either technology or education? Cloud ready. I love it. I love it. I love it. So this podcast, the EdTech Well Done podcast, Frank is uh, already killing it. Love that. Love that. What about you, Mike? Um, I like uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. I don't know if anybody else listens to that, but that one's a really uh, great podcast on if you have four hours to kill. Um, He does just big snippets. uh, You shouldn't say snippet. He just does big sections of different parts of history. I'm a big history person. so uh, Okay, hardcore Dan history. Dan Carlin's hardcore history. There you great. go. If you're looking for a long read podcast for <laughs> an um, airplane flight or something like that, there you've you got go. that. Um, all right, favorite piece of technology, something if I took from you, you would feel incomplete. What, what do you have to have to start the day? Cell phone. Got to have the cell phone. What, 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 what's your cell phone of choice, Frank? iPhone. iPhone, okay. I'm the other way, man. I, I just switched over to Note 8. And I love my note. It's uh, it's a part of my hand now, so it yeah. doesn't really leave me too far along. I don't I don't leave it anywhere, and uh, it's always with me. So. Always, always close by. And it it, it runs OneNote and all the other Office 365 apps <laughs> wonderfully. So. Okay, so he's got his OneNote with him wherever he's going. Yeah. Luckily, that thing keeps him in line so that he knows where he's supposed to be the next day. There you go. So, there you go. Uh, I think I would have a problem living without my iPad. Uh, my district provides me with an iPad, and I'm very fortunate in that. But I think at this point, uh, I've been using it for about four years. If I didn't have a district-provided iPad, I'd go ahead and buy one myself. Okay. Amazing. So a little bit of all the answers there. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining. There's been a lot of incredible information here. On a little bit of a fun note, if I go to San Antonio, I'm visiting Edgewood, where do I go eat? Where's that great local spot that I need to go visit? Well, I think you'd have to definitely try El Carbonero. Um, It'd be a spot that if you would see it, you probably would never stop on your own. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'll tell you what, once you're in there, that food is great. Perfect. So there's, there's a little the bit little... of a food truck going on. So they've got a food truck parked outside where they grill the meat, and then they serve the food inside the building. I love it. Love it. And so give that name one more time. El Carbonero. El Carbonero. There you go. If you're going to visit Edgewood in San Antonio, that is your recommendation. Thanks so much for joining us on another episode of the EdTech Well Done Podcast, sponsored by Neverwhere. See you next time.